Welcome to the Profitable Niche Podcast. In this episode, we will be talking with Tinka Markham-Piper of Solve My Space. She's a chaos counselor and a space solver who helps transform people's homes through emotional support and tapping into feelings about homes and the physical structures. I am so excited to have her here. It is an honor. Tinka is a dear friend and colleague. And so stay tuned. We have a great interview for you. Welcome to the Niche Podcast, where we talk about everything related to your niche. It's all about your niche, your mindset, and having a business you love. I'm your host, mental health expert, Veronique Valencourt. Hello, my friends. I am really excited today. I have one of my lovely friends from Montreal, which is where I'm from. We could probably spend a whole podcast just talking about the kismet of how we met and the number of people who we know in common that just sort of happened randomly before we even knew each other. Today, we're going to be talking about niching as it relates to Tinka's business. I'm just really excited for you guys to hear her story and hear what she has to say. Tinka, welcome. I'm so excited for you to be here. Thank you. Me too. I'm so excited. Let's start with this. Tell me a little bit about what your niche is and what you do and who you work with. So my business is called Solve My Space. And as you said, I'm a chaos counselor. What that means is I work directly with people in their homes and I use decluttering, organizing, and redesign to transform their outer spaces and in doing so, help transform their inner lives. So it really is looking at the emotional elements in a home and how to make people feel better at home. And what's wonderful about Tinka is Tinka has a beautiful eye for color and making wonderful design decisions. And I know she's worked with me. So that's one of the many ways I know about her. And it has helped me clear out some spaces in my childhood home in Montreal, which is how we met. Tell me a little bit about how you got to this place. Because you and I have talked many times before about sort of the, as you put it, the jungle gym of how you got to this place. You have a master's degree in social work, which is the same degree as I have, and a master's in public health. How did you get to this place of deciding that this is what you wanted to do? It's such a fun question. I mean, right, for everyone to sort of figure out how they got to where they are and what they're doing. So for me, I mean, it really goes all the way back to my childhood. So I had a very itinerant childhood. By the time I was 14, I had lived in seven countries. My dad was a journalist. So we moved a lot. So home was always a place, you know, extra importance in terms of feeling good in each new place we lived. And then, as you said, I went um, in grad school to social work and public health. And I worked in a range of different environments and issues, mainly around suicide prevention and mental health and emergency management. And then I worked in urban epi for a long time. And so I kept coming back to, I just loved working in homes. So whenever I would go see a friend, I would help them reorganize a bathroom cabinet or their kitchen, or just sort of became even like my friend's parents. I would go over and spend more time with the parents than with my <laughs> friends because I would just really love like moving around all their furniture in their living room. So I had this sort of aha moment about nine years ago where I realized I wanted to sort of take the counseling, supportive, therapeutic elements of social work, and then the project management elements of my public health degree, sort of fuse them together and work in a home setting. 
So it's why I call myself a chaos counselor because it's, I offer the counseling elements, but also the project management tools. So how do you structure support in a home so that you can help people get to where they want to get to? So it's more than just being much, much more than just being a professional organizer. You're helping people work through the process of what's standing in the way when it comes to getting rid of stuff or moving stuff. Like I know you helped me work on my childhood home up in Canada. Well, during the pandemic, actually, while I was down here in Texas, because I needed some help with someone to go in and help move things around and do a little bit of decluttering. And the process was so special. Like, you know, I had, wasn't able to get home for several, really almost two years. And when I got there after you'd done the work, I was just like, she totally understood what I needed her to do. So it's wonderful because you've taken these different elements that probably as you're getting these degrees and you're doing these things, you're like, I'm not sure where this is going or how this is going to fit together. And you, you also sort of took something that you just intrinsically was a superpower that you loved to do anyway, that was fun for you. And you put them all together and sort of, it just sort of presented itself as, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I want to help people. And that's kind of to me what having a really good niche in any business is about. It's about fusing all those things, the path behind you, the path in front of you, your gifts, and you're really good at what you do. So some of the other questions that I want to ask you is when you were trying to figure out what to do next, you've done, I assume, some counseling already within social work. Like I said, that's the same degree as I have. And then you had some project management or project development? Project management. Project management experience. And so... I think you may have said this, but was there an aha moment? Like what actually happened where you're like, this is what I'm going to do? I can trace back the aha moment, which is that I was working in a job that I was not happy with. And a graduate student of mine came, I was working on an academic job and she came in and she said to me, would you want your kids to stay in a job that they weren't happy in? And at that point, my daughter was maybe seven months old, eight months old. Anyway, they were young. And it was just this aha moment where I was like, you know what? No, I need to make a change. And so that day, I started actually working on my business. And I did it for about nine months, sort of on the weekends, just to see if I could do it. And then I gave my notice and I left. But that was really my aha moment. Like, I want my kids to see me loving what I do. And the way that I can love what I do is if I really tap into sort of be honest about what I love to do. And while I had these degrees and I had all this other experience and I kind of felt like I had to keep going in that direction because of expectations or whatever I was thinking. And then I realized, no, like I love to go into people's homes and I like to move stuff around and find new ways of them to like interact in their own space and add color and add joy And just really have deep conversations with people about how do you make your home reflect who you are and everyone else who lives in the home. So that was my aha moment. What would you say for your clients, what are some of the biggest struggles that they face and how do you help them out with those things? I have some ideas because you helped me with them, but just I'd love to hear your experience with that. Well, it's actually very interesting because I feel like there's so much commonality in homes and the struggles that people face, which is what is very interesting to me. And also I feel like it's part of my job is just 
reminding people that they're not alone in the feelings that they have about their home. And so whether it's a feeling of inadequacy that their home is has too much clutter in it, their home is messy, they don't have systems that they can follow, they feel disorganized, they feel overwhelmed, they feel angry, they have rage at home sometimes and at everyone who lives in the home. I mean, rage is a pretty strong word, but I mean, in terms of just like home can just be a place of deep, deep emotions, grief, loss, disappointment, resentment, regret, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of emotions in a home. So a lot of it is just what I hear my clients saying a lot of times, I don't know how to move forward. Like I feel stuck. I don't know what to do next. I'm overwhelmed. So that's where it's really a sort of a coaching relationship and, and always a teamwork to figure out together, like, okay, so let's break this down into manageable steps and let's figure out how you can start a feeling of success in your home. In an ideal world, home is supposed to be your safe place. It's supposed to be the place that you come to at the end of the day, depending well, with the pandemic, you may be here all day, but it's supposed to be your safe haven. And I think it's interesting because you've been doing this for a while now. And in that way, it's also very similar to what I do with the niche coaching. Like you start to see the trends that occur. You start to see the patterns that occur in terms of oh, this person is a, this kind of stuff is coming up or this person, this stuff is kind of coming up. The more you work and coach with a specific niche of people, the more you start to become a better expert at it because you see the patterns. That's the only way that I can think of putting it. Yes, absolutely. And I think because part of my niche is really working during sort of critical moments along the lifespan. So from birth all the way to death. So like people come to me when they're really experiencing like a sharp emotional change. So maybe it's a birth or a child moving out or an aging parent or a divorce or, you know what I mean? Like an empty nest. So at these moments, there's a real understandable vulnerability and kind of restructuring a new stage in life. And so with that means restructuring the home, transforming the home to support that next stage. So for me, that's what is really interesting is how do you, help people have the right tools to enter kind of like a next chapter. How do you sort of help them along the path of, okay, this is a stopping point, so say, so to speak, if you're about to have a child or if you're in the middle of a divorce or if you've lost a parent or your parents are aging, this is a stopping point and they need some help. Just as an example, what are some of the tools that you use with your clients? Are there specific ones that you fall back on over and over again? Well, I basically just come with a big vacuum cleaner and suck out everything in the house. That's my big tool. No, I'm joking. I'm All joking. the emotions. You just... All the emotions. Out. I'm done. That was painless. One hour. <laughs> so I would say, yeah, I love that question. There are a lot of tools, I mean, that I draw on, you know, from, again, from my background, but I do often a lot of needs assessments in homes. So it's always mapping out kind of what's going on. I use Myers-Briggs. Oh, I love Myers-Briggs. I also often, a friend of mine, Ingrid Fratelli, who wrote the book Joyful, she has a wonderful design personalities quiz. So I often will use that with clients to sort of help them identify like their inclination to a certain design type. So I use that. I do reflective work with clients. I often assign homework. So there's like journaling too, depending again on each client and how much time they have in their interests. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it is humor. Like that's a big thing that I use as a tool. Like you've got to make it fun, you know? Like, otherwise it's really, really hard. And empathy is like 100%. And chocolate and coffee. Those are good tools. 
Very important. Chocolate and coffee will go a long way to solve a lot of problems. Definitely. Tell me a little bit about the projects that are coming up for you. The way that I found you was through another organizer whose name is Shira Gill, who happens to also be a life coach. And Shira and I both trained at the Life Coach School. That's how I found her. And I was searching through her website, trying to see if I could find a way to work with her. And then I saw that she had been your mentor and that you were literally you were based in my hometown in Montreal and that you literally, we discovered as we started talking that you literally live like four blocks from my childhood home. And so like, I just get goosebumps just telling that story. And you and I always have these funny things. Like we were just talking about, we have many mutual friends that connect us that we had no idea before I came across to you and contacted you out of the blue off Oshira's website. But what are some of the new projects or things that you're working on and how can people work with you? Like, what are you up to these days? I'm excited for the range of projects I'm working on. But one thing is that I have an advice column called Dear Tinka. And I started it during COVID. Everyone was stuck at home. I just realized that I wanted to provide support to people really around the world in terms of knowing that we were all kind of going through similar and different situations. So I ended up actually doing 100 free consultations around the world and help people reconfigure their home during COVID. That was such a fantastic experience. So anyway, in the meantime, from there, I started an advice column. So I'm relaunching it in January, and I'm doing something called 30 Homes, 30 Days, 30 Locations. So every single day, I'm going to be answering a question from a different home in a different location. So I'm super excited for that. And I think I'm on your list, right? You are. You are representing Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 100%. <laughs> and then I have a number of great new clients that I'm working with for the new year that I'm really excited about. A number of people who are really looking to make deep changes in their homes. So that's going on. Shira Gill, who you mentioned, she's working on a second book. So I'm going to be in that book. It's about organizers around the world. So that's a fun project. And then I have a bunch of different ideas for online groups that I want to start related to chaos counseling. So I'm working on that project. So if people want to work with you now, you work virtually, I'm assuming. I mean, I have to assume you work virtually because I know I work with you virtually. How can people work with you if they want to work with you? I love working virtually. I actually am surprised at how effective it is. You know, and I, I do actually quite a number of virtual clients and it's really a very much of a coaching kind of relationship with like homework in between and like accountability. But you can work with me by going to my website to solve my space. And you can send me an email through that. And uh, from there, I always do a a complimentary video consult. So we can sort of talk about your project, your needs, your goals, and then figure out if we're a good fit and how we could work together. So you can find me on my website, Solve My Space, or also I'm very active on Instagram. And that's Solve My Space on Instagram. Yes. And both are beautiful, colorful spaces that just looking at them represent like to me, I look at your Instagram and I look at your website and I go, that's just Tinka. Like it's beautiful and colorful and eclectic and amazing. And it's just, it's so fun to get to see you create this business that is so desperately needed. I would ask you one last thing. What advice do you have for people who are struggling either in your industry? So like in organizing 
I mean, yours is such a specific niche in a sense because it's organizing, but it's also counseling. It's a lot of different things. But what advice would you give to people who are working on trying to figure out what their niche is? Like what advice do you wish you had had when you were trying to figure this out? I would say really think deeply about what honestly makes you feel good. You know, really be honest, not what you think someone else thinks you should be doing or the expectations, but what do you really truly love to do? And how can you turn that into your niche? I think that that's like a really powerful thing. I mean, it took me 20 years to be honest what I really like to do, you know, and I'm grateful for that Martha Beck jungle gym of figuring out through different careers because it all added up. But I think that that's really important. And I also think the more you can niche, 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 it's really, really good. Like when I started, I felt like I had to serve everyone. It was like, I'll do any kind of job that's organizing related. By trying to please everyone, it's not helpful to them or to you. It's harder for you to find your people. And it's what I always say. And then it's harder for you to find your people. And it's harder for your people to find you if you're not niche down. It has been my experience with that. And here's another lovely thing. Like you and I have all these books in common that we both independently without even knowing it are really passionate about. One of them is Finding Your North Star by Martha Beck. And in that, she talks about the concept of shackles on and shackles off. So it's fascinating because what you're describing is you're describing like, pay attention to what feels like shackles on and pay attention to what feels like shackles off. And the idea behind that concept is, Things that feel like shackles on feel like shoulds. They feel heavy. They feel unpleasant. And things that feel like shackles off feel like diving into a deep pool of clear water, I think is one of the analogies she uses. I love shackles on, shackles off. And I do think it's a really good exercise in figuring out because a lot of times, I mean, I found that I was, you know, in a job that was shackles on. You know what I mean? Like I didn't realize it until... I had that aha moment and it kind of made me think like, oh gosh, I'm doing a lot of this because I think I need to be doing it or because I should as opposed to what I really want to do. And I think I was maybe thought that it was, you know, the what I wanted to do wasn't serious enough, wasn't academic enough, wasn't what I was supposed to do as opposed to, wait a second, that was just, you know, my mental tape was really off. I think it's like almost like, don't be afraid of joy, you know? I don't know how to explain that if I'm explaining that well enough, but I think I felt like I couldn't work. It could be fun, but not really. And I think that your niche can and should be ideally fun and joyful and that feels good for you. Yes. And it should be something you enjoy doing because as my father used to say, you should probably enjoy what you're doing for work because you're going to be spending a good portion of your life doing it. And it should also be something that it's not that it needs to come easily to you, but oftentimes what I find in working with my niche clients is that the things that they take for granted that they're really good at, like in your case, you were talking about like moving furniture around and placement of where things should go and how to make things look really, you know, aesthetically pleasing are things that one might take for granted. So you go, oh, well, it's just not a big deal. Everyone knows how to do that. It's easy to do, but that's our gifts. Those are our gifts. I believe that's the whole point of being on this planet is to be using our gifts as much as possible. Like, why else would we have them to not use them? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's so spot on in terms of things that just come naturally, innately to us, don't come to others. And so embrace it and really go for it. And I mean, I see that all the time. I feel this incredible privilege of 
know, every home I work in and everyone who invites me into their sort of most personal space. And I see in each person as well, like their gifts that they have that maybe they don't feel their gift is like making their home feel a certain way, but they learn to do it. But like everyone has, you know, their own superpower. Yeah. Everybody has their own superpower. And I know that when I worked with you, I really definitely felt that. Like I felt you coming into my childhood home and you were just like, oh my gosh, look at this. This is so cool. You need to, oh my goodness, look at this. Like your just appreciation and respect of, (laughs) for lack of a better word, people's memorabilia (laughs) and your wonder about it. You're like, this is so cool. And I was like, I thought it kind of was cool, but that's really your gift. You're really good at doing that. And we all have those things. Sometimes we don't always recognize that we have those things. That's why we have other people around us to help us. I often feel like there's a strong correlation. People feel good in their home when their home tells a personal story. I mean, that's often where I find that's what makes people feel good. And I think that when you find your niche that tells a personal story, I think that is really, really important. So I think that your niche is about your personal story and tapping into that for other people. You're totally right. That's a wonderful way to put it into words. It's like it is in your business and in your career, finding your specific niche involves looking behind you and who were you and what trials and tribulations did you go through? What experiences did you have? What learnings did you have? What does it say about you? It's a full representation of who you are as a human being. I think that's the whole point of being on this planet is to go out and do that (laughs) as much as possible. As much as possible. Exactly. Yes. Oh my goodness. This was so good. Thank you for having me on. I'm like, can we just keep on talking like in the 45 minutes? Like, come on, this podcast can be an hour and a half. No problem. (laughs) Well, listen, I will have you come back. We'll talk about, I'm going to want to pick your brain about all sorts of things related to these challenges you're doing for yourself, the 30 homes in 30 days. Oh, and that reminds me one other thing. Where can people find your Ask Tinka column? Is that on... It's mainly on Instagram, but it's also on my website, How to Get Involved. So my friends, this is just a wonderful human. Go check her out. Her website is Solve My Space. Her IG handle is Solve My Space. And her name is Tinka Markham Piper. And this was a conversation today about why having a niche is so important, regardless of what field you're in. If you are interested in figuring out your own niche... Come check out my course called Dial Your Niche in Five Hours. You can find it at myperfectniche.com and same handle on Instagram. And thank you so much for listening today. Tinka, thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Such a treat. Thank you. Me too. I loved it. Have a great one, you guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.